The Pilgrimage of the Heart Philosophy Exploration is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. Okay, so let's, um, let's explore a little bit this, this um, the topic of religion here. Okay, okay so then um, almost all of us have the experience of being uh, raised in a religion and my experience was, I actually very much enjoyed it. So I remember uh, I was raised in a Catholic grammar school, and then we had a nice chapel, and, um, and you know, once in a while we'd go over there and like do singing. It turned out our, our, the nun that ran our school, <clears throat> she was, played the organ, and so we'd all get to sing, and um, I liked the transition from kind of the day-to-day world or the classroom to actually going into the church <coughs> where things just seemed to, it seemed to change. There was a different focus. It was going from math and study and reading and testing to this other experience of life, which was, uh, you, yeah, it was just a different, it was, it was like artistic and it was flowers and incense and ceremony. And so I, I liked that, um, that experience. And then I went to a, a Jesuit, which is Catholic, uh, high school, and there, <clears throat> the Jesuits are, are very um, contemplative, and you know we studied like the Bible as a work of a, a work of literature, and you know so I, I enjoyed that intellectual um, pursuit of things, and then that's where I took uh, a, a prayer and meditation class, and the, the priest, the brother, would guide us in um, visualization exercises. But in that transition, I definitely started to feel like a lot of the um, teachings or the church teachings were confining rather than expanding in my own pursuit. And so that's where <clears throat> we pick up on the writing here. So Sri Chamoy writes, there's no fundamental difference between one religion and another. Each religion embodies the ultimate truth. And that idea that each religion embodies the ultimate truth stems from the idea that Ultimately, the religions that we have in the world today, they began with individuals. And individuals finding within themselves that ultimate truth through their own prayer, through their own meditation, whatever practices they were following. Um, it was individuals who, were, who found this dimension and then offered teachings to some group of people. <clears throat> and then... It's, it's spreads, but then in that process, it also, in a way, calcifies. So, you know, further in the passage, Sri Chamoy writes, um, religion will say, only if you love God the way I love God. And so we, we find, uh, you know, if you look at a progression, you could look at the core teachings of Jesus or Buddha or a great spiritual teacher, 
And then you can say, okay, that's like spirituality. Those teachings, you would say, that's pure spirituality. And then when you, like Catholic Church, church let's take as an example, you know, then you have the Pope um, 2,000 years later giving edicts or um, giving the, the church view on different moral and ethical issues. So I think that's a good example between like, like spirituality and religion. <clears throat> and the, 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 in the writing, Sri Chamoy, he points out that um, love of God is the true religion, or as we did in the chanting tonight, however you want to conceive of God or the supreme or that ultimate energy, that that love or that opening of your heart to that energy is, is ultimately the essence or the truth of religion. But what happens is that has to be a really genuine experience. You know, it has to be your direct experience. And what can happen is to do that, you really have to like uh, turn within and you really have to be honest with yourself and explore all the dimensions of yourself. And it's actually a lot easier to imitate other people <clears throat> in some ways than it is to find your genuine self. And so that's what can happen with religion. We all want the religious or the deep spiritual experience, but it's a real challenge to do that. And when we, get, when we put ourselves in, an, in a religious environment or spiritual environment, ultimately it has to be our own personal journey of exploring the unknown but sometimes it's easier to just say, to stay more on the surface and just to conform or be a certain way on the surface of things. But doing that, you know, it might give you a nice group of people to hang out with or a nice church to go to on Sundays. And, you know, that's a good, nice experience. But you really, each of us really needs to go deeper in order to really have the experience of God ourselves. And that's the other thing that religion often does is it, it, it puts itself as the intermediary between you and the experience of God. So again, with those of you who are raised Catholic know about confession. You know, you do these things you don't feel good about, and so you go and you kneel, and the priest is on the other side of the, um, this kind of dark cloth, um, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been... Yeah, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been three months since my last confession. And I'm sorry for... And then you, conf you confess your sins, and then the priest, in the name of God, absolves you and gives you some prayers to go say. Great. I felt, I felt fully absolved. <laughs> and, and then the... So I like going to confession because it felt really good after. My sins were gone. The thing is, in retrospect, it's about looking and, and realizing that, you know, what, what, what made me feel better? Was the priest on the other side, like, putting a force into me through his, his spiritual power? Or was it myself being in a situation where I felt, okay, now I can let this go? And, and so there again, that, that's where um, 
Okay, so we've asked how many people are grown up in religion. How many people are still like go to church or in actively involved in a church or religion? Right, okay, so that's, so that's the interesting thing is that um, we've, we've moved away from that. <clears throat> and I think that's a very natural um, progression because at, at a certain point you realize that the experience that you're searching for is, is a direct experience. And that's where you get into, okay, you in a sense, I think one of the things Satyajit read tonight was something about the, you don't need synagogues and churches, but you need to create the church inside your own heart or something like that. Pujari, do you remember? Yeah. And so, and so that's, that's, you could say, does anybody remember any more exactly or any elucidation on that? Okay. <laughs> um, so. Was it church or was it temple? Maybe it was a temple, the temple inside our heart. I think, yeah. Okay. And. No, not from here. It, he called it from Sri Chamoy's writings. He puts together the nice recitations. But if there's something you like from it, he will Xerox it. And and because last time he was here, he had some nice poetry that he Xeroxed for a couple people. And so and so it seems like that we're all in that transition place, or maybe you're there. So you're transitioning from the outer structure of a church or a temple to um, finding that temple within yourself or creating that. And so the to my mind, the important thing is that you you see that through. Because it's, um, it's a challenge to create something. To create anything in life is a challenge. But to create for yourself a spiritual environment is a challenge. To go out and find a spiritual um, teacher or a spiritual path or a spiritual community or a place to meditate, to find these things is a challenge. And so to let go of the outer form of a church is, um, is one step, but, but you know, keep moving and finding that, um, that home where you feel uh, spiritually nourished is important. <clears throat> but the problem with religion is that it seeks to limit our love of God. Religion will say, only if you love God the way I love God will you be doing the right thing. And so that's the limiting factor, is saying that this is the way you love. Whereas when you really love someone, you'll do anything for them. So if someone says, oh yeah, you can love people, but you can only love them this way. Well then, that's limiting your ability to love. Each religion will say, love God, but do it in my way. Only if you come to church, only if you come to the temple, only if you come to the mosque will your love of God be perfect. The other ways are all wrong. And so a lot of religious teachers don't teach to that extreme. A lot say, yeah, this is one religion, but all religions are, have, um, have, have their place. Others are more like, yeah, this is the only way to God. 
But it seems like everyone here is, is kind of has moved, has moved beyond that. He goes on, but love of God is not like that. If I love God, God will tell me, why should there be only roses in the religion garden? There can be other flowers as well. So we have to love God in every possible way, through what we say and what we do, through constant self-giving, on each and every level of our consciousness. Constant self-giving on each and every level of our consciousness. So what would be examples of some of the levels of our consciousness? Levels of our consciousness. Physical consciousness, like our physical body. So, um, mental consciousness. Um, our heart consciousness. So the different, let's say you could say, different dimensions of your being would be the different levels of your consciousness. And so through constant self-giving on each and every level. Constant self-giving. So there's, I think there's two ways to look at the terms constant self-giving. One is giving, giving or sharing with others, but also giving and sharing with your own highest self. So like one way to look at constant self-giving, for example, in the physical, your physical consciousness would be nurturing your body, bringing health to your body, giving your body health, eating well, exercising, doing whatever it is that, that energizes your physical body Self-giving in the mental plane. The nourishment would be reading, inspiring things, bringing really positive energy into your mind. But then also sharing that, sharing positivity with other people, sharing kindness, sharing uh, good thoughts. And a really good challenge in that phrase is the idea of constant. Because it's not easy to do it constantly. But if you think of it as like inhaling and exhaling, you know, on the physical plane, as you inhale, that's bringing health into your body. Your exhale is offering love on the physical plane or on the mental plane. And if you think of it as nourish and share, nourish and share, that can be a nice balance versus thinking, oh, I always have to be doing things for other people. That's where we can become, become that's where we become imbalanced because we're not like loving and nurturing ourselves. It's always other people, other people. It's not a good, good balance. We have to love God in God's own way. Then we will never be trapped in the confines of religion, and we will never try to confine anybody. Because that would be a kind of, that would be pretty messed up if we end up confining other people. I, w- I wouldn't necessarily want to have that with me all my life, you know, to confine others. So sharing good philosophy, sharing openness, acknowledging other people. I was 
I was watching, I'm, I'm doing a podcast interview tomorrow with a guy who's been teaching yoga for 31 years. And what did he say? He said something really good. He said, like, if you point out people's faults, it was like a, um, one of those things where the words rhyme. But it was something about if you point out their faults, something happens. But if you point out what they're doing well, really good things happen. And so just being conscious of, of what you're sharing mentally and uh, emotionally and physically with the world and trying to have it on that realm of um, nourishing. Nourish yourself on the inhale, nourishing others on the exhale. And these meditations in the yoga studio are like a good spiritual foundation. So, you know, if you're searching, you know, if you're coming to group meditation once or twice a week and you're practicing on your own and um, keeping yourself healthy, and that's like a, you know, that's a good, that's a good lifestyle. That'll go a long way. Okay, any questions or thoughts on anything? Okay, everybody. Well, thank you for coming. Pujari, thanks for the harmonium, as always. Okay, everybody. Good night. Namaste. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.